Welcome to the first episode of Dose of Dividends. I'm your host, Dr. Dividend, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Hunter of Dividends. Hunter, what's going on, my man? Man, I, I appreciate you having me on here for the first episode. This can be a lot of fun, man. I always have fun talking about dividend investments. Same here. So um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? How'd you get into dividend investing specifically? So, you know, about myself, I, I have a background in finance, you know, so I worked at a mutual fund at, at a big bank years ago. And, uh, you know, I've also written stock reports and online broker reviews for some major websites uh, as a freelance writer. So I, I kind of have a history in this for a good while. I'm 38 years old. I've got a couple kids, eight, six. Uh, I got to tell you, man, though, I have I have a proud dad moment I have to share, and I feel like this is a good time to share it here at the top. Definitely. My son just won a home run derby in baseball. Uh, I got paid $200 for that. With half the money he took, uh, I convinced him. I, I might have convinced him at least slightly, but he took half the money and bought a share at Google. So no <laughs> I told him I told him as much time as he spends on YouTube and Google, he, he might want to buy some stock. Wow. So, since he agreed to that, I gifted him a couple of extra shares of Google, which I think is a good long-term investment. So, uh, you know, that feels like a parenting slash investment win as a dad. So trying to get him started off early. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't pressured into that at all. <laughs> just slightly. Just slightly. That is so awesome, man. And I'm sure by the time he's like 18 and can do something with it, he's going to love how that Google share turned out. Yeah, I think so. so that, too. I definitely wish that I did that as a kid, but that is awesome. So you got into investing basically through doing the work that you were doing. Did you invest any in while you were in college? Yeah. You know, my first experience with uh, investing was uh, I was in high school and uh, my school did a stock market challenge. I don't know if you did the same. Uh, oh, you know, sure. it is somewhere you have like a month to buy stocks and see what you finish at for a you know, fake. Yeah, portfolio. I actually did do that in my freshman year. So that's pretty cool. That yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Obviously, uh, you and I know now that, you know, in that kind of term, you know, anybody could luck into winning or losing in, you know, three or three weeks or a month or something like yeah. that. But still, it kind of piqued my interest in investing. And then it also helped that uh, I had a friend, one of my best friends, um, his dad bought Microsoft really early on. Wow. And so he, he made a mint off of that, um, you know, and the fact that I saw him you know, building new houses and doing new things with uh, the money he'd made from Microsoft kind of encouraged me to uh, look into investing. So my friend and I got into it and uh, I made my first investment in Johnson Johnson. I believe I was 17. So uh, that's the one I've had for the longest. And obviously it's been uh, my big uh, money earner. But yeah, I mean, I kind of got started into it that way. And I have a lot of different hobbies, but definitely investing, you know, it's a good one to keep uh, because long term, it really pays off to be into that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool that you got started, you get your feet wet like that. I never really felt anything of it when I did it in high school. I was always kind of into business, but I was never like, oh, I'm going to go buy stocks because I wasn't working when I learned about it. Like I, I didn't have a full time job or a W2 job was kind of earning side money. And I never really thought to invest and I didn't have many people in my life that did. So it's cool that you had your dad's friend. Um, you could see the benefits of investing. And I hope to be that guy for maybe my kids or my friend's kids that they can see, oh, this is what happens when you plant the investing seed and you just let it grow and compound. So that's awesome. How about one lesson you can share from your investing? So um, investing wise, uh, I found out kind of, I guess I would say the hard way, uh, but not personally, 
that uh, consistency and patience are really the biggest keys, right? So you ride the lows and the highs, you keep your emotions out of it. Um, I, you know, I'm really thankful for my family with the upbringing that I've had, being able to uh, value money and, uh, you know, be able to, uh, you know, obviously money's not the most important thing, but money, right. you know, gets you things that uh, are, are a lot of fun to spend with family and things like that. And also trying to make sure that your money would get the farthest it could. I, I remember all the times that, you know, my mom was clipping coupons or my mom was, you know, price shopping around from grocery store to grocery store. I remember going into the bank with my with my parents and uh, them trying to look for the best CD rates or savings right. rates or things like that. But I tell you, the one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, from the, the negative side, and I feel like uh, you would probably agree with this, but a lot of times you learn from mistakes. Absolutely. More than you. I mean, that's the that's the biggest way you get better is something something goes wrong, and and uh, mind wise, it's easy to remember that, right? So people usually remember the negative more than the positive, and uh, my dad, a, a tremendous guy, you know, him and I are best friends. He was far too panicky when it came to selling stocks, and so uh, I kind of got him into the stock market, but you can imagine the timing wasn't great because it was pretty close to the dot com bubble. Oh, uh, around 2000. And then uh, he invested some more in like 2006. And then there comes the 2008 mortgage crisis. Right. And I remember uh, him checking his stocks pretty often, you know, and checking mm -hmm. the balance and being like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can take this much more. It's down this much. And, uh, you know, the fact that he sold several of those names, you know, him and I can kind of joke about it now, but, mm -hmm. you know, look back on it now. And I remember he sold uh, United Healthcare, UNH. For example, one of my favorites. Uh, and and I remember when, uh, yeah, back in like 2008 when Obamacare was coming out and yeah, uh, 2009, and people were saying, well, you know, UNH is not going to be a good long term stock. He sold the stock. I think he, you know, broke even or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and then if he just held it, he would have made like ten times his money. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, so oh, it's yeah. that's, that's the type point. of thing. Yeah, it's just like a a lesson that you sit there and you look back and you go, oh my gosh, like if he had just not. If he'd have just uh, turned off all the noise around it and just held on, uh, you know, with his conviction from beforehand, could have been so much better. So I think that kind of lesson, you know, selling when when things go south from his end kind of gave me more resolve to focus uh, on not the day to day. Right. So yeah. it's easier for me now. And I know some people are like, man, how do you take, you know, you see these massive swings I really don't even pay attention to to exactly what my account's done every day. You right. know what I mean, I see that uh, I see what the passive earnings are going to be from those dividends. So yeah. that's what I focus on rather than the the day to day. So I would say consistency and patience, probably patience being first. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so many of these guys are looking for like some short term massive. Uh, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme unless yeah. you get really fortunate. You know, I, everybody's had their their. Uh, you know, look at penny stocks and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, some people get fortunate, but, you know, I'd, I'd oh. far, yeah. I mean, I'd far rather go about it with the the steady income, you know, just kind of coming in. So that's that's kind of my takeaway is that I just kind of learned that the patience and uh, holding through everything is, is just the way I want to go. Yeah, well, it's, thank you for sharing that story. I love that you didn't have to go through it yourself. It makes it a lot easier. And everyone's always just like, hold through the noise, hold through the noise. But 
it gets to a point where if you're not actively shutting it out and sticking to that plan, you're going to succumb to it if you keep looking at the news and hearing what this person and that person saying every day. So that's a great piece of advice. I really do like that you brought up the learning from mistakes because my day job is a teacher and I can't tell you how many kids are scared to make mistakes. And I bring that philosophy into my classroom where I say, it's not about getting it right or wrong. If you get it wrong, you learn from your mistake. And sometimes mistakes and failures are our best teacher. And there's only so much that someone can say to you before you make the mistake yourself and figure it out. So I love that you brought up all great points. I'd also like to ask you, since we may or may not be in a recession, the definition's up for debate, but we definitely are in a bear market. What are three stocks that you would say that you really are looking forward to accumulating, whether you own them now or you're looking to start a position in them? What are, just give us some names that you're really looking to add. All right. So the first one I'll bring up would be waste management. Um, you know, gosh, I, I feel like I should have owned this one a long time ago. You know, it's, you always have some of these talks. I'm sure you have some the same way yeah. where I'm like, how did I not buy that years ago? Yeah. Um, you know, on a significant dip, I would love to buy uh, WM. I think what a great business model. You know, everything is everybody's going to need to throw stuff away. I mean, this is not going to end. They have amazing moat, a safe stock with a solid dividend growth. I feel like that's a really safe, good long term name. Uh, not paying a massive dividend now, but I'm sure it'll go up. It's got so, room to grow. And it's uh, like you said, it's very moody and it always trades at a premium. Like I have a name that I don't know if you're going to mention the same name I'm thinking of, but there's just those that you're like, oh, if you could just come down to a reasonable valuation. But sometimes these good businesses are expensive for a reason. And waste management, I think, is a perfect example of that. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm I'm just kind of looking as we're talking there, their earnings payout ratio is only 47%. So, you know, waste management has plenty of room. Their free cash flow payout is 45%. They have plenty of room to grow. I just, it's hard for me, man, because I see the PE ratio. It's um, around you know, 30, right? To, oh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's upper 20s. Yeah. And, and you sit there and you say, this is not some high growth stock. It's, it's a long-term, uh, you know, great business, but it's not going to grow really fast. But it's been like that long term. You know, this yeah. is not something that I, I don't think we're going to get a PE ratio of 14 or something on this. No, so I, so I, I, I still want to buy it. I'd like to see it get a little bit cheaper than it is right now. Um, that would be my first one. Uh, do you want me to go ahead with? Yeah, go ahead with that second one. I want to see if you're thinking of the same one I'm thinking. I, I was going to say, I got a feeling that you and I are going to say the same one here. So I might spoil it a bit. But Costco is my That was my one, one man. <laughs> right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is so funny. You, you sit there and you stare at this. I, I'm sure you have like some of these uh, tickers saved and you're just kind of tracking them. Mm-hmm. Now, and I, every time I see it drop a decent amount, I'm like, yeah, let's keep going. Let's go down. You know, um, I want to buy this one so bad. And it always looks so overvalued, mm-hmm. um, but it's at least partially so highly valued because it's so well run and it's always going to have a premium attached to it. You just got to figure out exactly totally. what, uh, what kind of premium is the, is the least it might end up being. And, you know, I'll say that I'm not great at trying to call a bottom in a market or in a specific stock. Same you know, so, sometimes people say to me, like they'll see, you know, I posted buys for the day or something like that. And they say, oh, you think the market's at the bottom? No, I don't. I don't think that. I mean, I'm just buying, you know, yeah. gradually dollar cost averaging in. Um, I don't know where the bottom will be for, for Costco. Um, I do know that, you know, it is hard 
when you see it trading for the PE multiple in the thirties, you know, I mean, the pay payout ratio is only 25%, but you mm -hmm. know, the dividends, not very much. It does pay those special dividends. You know that, I mean, that's, those are pretty nice as well, but I, I mean, what are your thoughts on Costco? So I was just kind of what to echo what you were saying. It's such a well-run business. They reward their employees above average. They take care of in-house. They're always offering the best deals to their customers. They have a membership that they haven't raised yet, but I'm sure that they can raise it and keep as many people as they've had. If they have a 90% renewal rate on that membership, that is a lot for a business's moat. They have that brand loyalty. They have people posting about Costco and the deals they come up on. Like I said, management is solid. And I looked at that stock of about a year ago and I was like, who would buy Costco at this valuation to get a 0.6 dividend yield or whatever it was at the time. And I was just like the growth, you got to dig a little deeper, look at the growth, look at how they've scratched the surface at paying out that dividend. You said it was about 25% payout ratio. Yeah. That, yeah 20, that has room 25%. Yeah. That has room yeah. to run. And on top of the special dividends they have, on top of being a recession resistant company where no matter the time or year of the economic cycle that we're going through, with that company is operating on these thin margins and getting it done. And consumers love them. And I just love the business. I can't wait to own more of it. I set my limit buys where I'd be comfortable grabbing it. I look at basic support and resistance and I'll own it when it hits that price. I'm not going to call the bottom either, but I'll buy on the way down and I'll buy on the way up. It's that good of a business. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm just kind of looking at the numbers as we talk. Interest coverage, almost 50 there. So, I mean, they have great uh, balance sheet. The return on equity is 31%, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, such a well-run company. Uh, maybe we shouldn't say too many more nice things about it, or but it run up the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean uh, market makers it's, are listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, no, I won't pretend that we're going to be able to move the stock market, but... <laughs> But um, I think, you know, I think everybody feels pretty similarly about Costco. I feel like yeah. that's why it's so hard for it to drop. Every time it drops, you know, people are like, hey, this thing's too good. You know, this we can't we can't let this one come down like some of the others. So right. um, we agree on that one. I'll say I have two more. I had to get a bonus. So yeah, I, uh, I have the third one I actually own quite a bit of already. And that's Starbucks. Um, I, su such an amazing brand name, uh, solid dividend growth. And it's really rare for me. I feel like, you know, maybe you could argue that Starbucks isn't quite um, the, the company that Costco is, but I mean, it, it always is going to trade at a premium and it's not really trading at the premium it used to be. You know, it no, feels like this is I'll one. With you on. Yeah, yeah. It feels like this is one that we could have talked about a few years ago and we would have been like, I don't know if it'll ever get cheap. Yeah. And then here in the last few months, it actually finally did. Yeah. So uh, I've put a decent amount in Starbucks and I really want to keep doing that. Uh, you know, Starbucks has, uh, you know, a PE ratio in the mid 20s, uh, pretty good growth. Um, they've been buying shares, the shares outstanding have gone down a lot, which I like to see. Mm -hmm. um, earnings per share very steadily growing other than 2020, obviously. But, uh, you know, this is a, a company that uh, is a machine to me, you know, a cash flow machine. They're, they're going to, they're still growing um, yeah. in different parts of the world. Um, uh, this one that I own, but I'm just going to keep buying it. So you, you agree on Starbucks? So I, yeah, I am a Starbucks holder. It's, I think it's my second biggest individual stock and I bought a ton of it while it was going down. People were scared of the unions. Like Howard Schultz has done an amazing job with there, but they need a plan to move on from Schultz. Right. This is act three of him coming back and saving the company. I don't know how much longer he can do that. 
they have a CEO in place and they say they have a transition plan in place and the CEO should take over in April. I will definitely be watching close to see what they do. But after going through their investor day they had in July, I believe it was, they look like they have it figured out. They have a good plan reinvention. They've invested in their coffee machines. They've realized that the stores are set up mainly for hot drinks and most people go in prefer cold. So they're remodeling the stores to accommodate that. They're investing in more training, higher wages for their employees. And I think the future is bright for them. My biggest concern is the CEO at the helm. I just hope they have a plan to move on from Schultz. But Starbucks is one that I will keep accumulating. They got brand loyalty, a real wide moat with their gift card business. I don't know if you've looked into that, but yeah, they have about $2 billion on the balance sheet, I believe, yeah. in unused gift cards, which is just mind-blowing. I think it puts them in the top 150 banks if they were a bank. It's insane. So, yeah, it's just insane. And and from my perspective, you would think that whoever the next CEO is, I mean, it's not the hardest job in the world to keep Starbucks running, right? I mean, yeah. this is not some turnaround story. It's not you know, Intel or something like that where you're trying to figure out something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think I would think that there's quite a few people that could do the job well. So uh, I I think the unknown surrounding Starbucks is kind of priced in at this point. So. Uh, you know, we'll take that uh, negativity and try to take advantage of that, yeah, thinking it, that somebody will do a decent job. Yeah, definitely. The negativity does not outweigh the positives, in my opinion. So yeah. I'll be continuously buying some Starbucks and letting it car pound. Yeah, absolutely. One more for me, um, you know, my my bonus here, yeah, Microsoft. I, um, I like Great Microsoft. Name. You know, I dipped my toe into this one already. I kind of think Microsoft is a bit too expensive right now, but I went ahead and bought it because I know that Microsoft is such a good name. Balance sheet's tremendous. Uh, 1.2% dividend now and growing 10% year over year. Payout ratio of 27%, tons of room to grow. You talk about a cash flow machine. This company is set in a big way. I can't imagine finding a company that has much more um, earnings power. Uh, You look back, 2016, 279 a share. Uh, now they're up to almost $10 a share um, oh, in the next 12, next 12 months. So, I mean, a free cash flow per share of almost $9, uh, tremendous stuff. Microsoft is one that you could also say that it doesn't look like a value play, but I think it's going to be hard to find Microsoft looking really cheap at any point. Obviously, if the bear market gets bad enough, you know, then everything gets knocked down, then and that's fine with me. I'll buy Microsoft at a yeah. lower price as well. If it does go lower from here, I'll be there. Yeah, I love it. I love the name. I love Nadella, the CEO. He has turned around that company immensely. I mean, if you look at the Balmer days in the mid 2000s, mid 2010s, they they were floundering and it was a name that wasn't really paid attention to. I really like their Azure component of the business. Their cloud computing is not going away. Amazon's heavily investing, Google's heavily investing, and Microsoft is right there with them. So I love that play. LinkedIn is a surprising cash cow for them, which I looked into and didn't really think of much of it, but that's a cash cow. As long as the Activision Blizzard deal goes through, they now have their toe into gaming. They're the preferred office suite for how many corporations? Countless. Even we use it in the schools. So yeah, Microsoft is one that I don't think is going away anytime soon. I think Nadella has done a fantastic job with that company. And I'll be looking to buy more. Definitely, nice. definitely one to have, in my opinion. What are some of yours that you're that you're looking to grab? So for me, the biggest one I would like to say would probably be United Health. That's one that's traded at a premium for so long that if it ever does dip down anymore, I'll be adding to it. I, my opinion, it's a top five business out there. I really think healthcare is so ingrained in our country. We don't really have options for healthcare. So private healthcare, they do the best job. 
They have so many networks of hospitals and patients and doctors, and they just provide so much. And their Optum division is what really does it for me. Aside from their regular healthcare business, they offer Optum, which has prescriptions and data-driven analytics for hospitals and service providers. And that just gives the company such a moat. Aside from United Health, another one on my list you may not have heard of, but have you, have you heard of the company ASML? I no, I don't know that. No, so this is uh this is my sleeper. I mean, it's All getting right. more and more popular, but this is the company that does not manufacture semiconductors. It makes the machine that makes semiconductors. So how semiconductors are made is very tiny, like up to tens of billions of transistors on one little microchip about an inch, about the size of a postage stamp. And those microchips get made through what is called um, extreme ultraviolet. And this company, ASML from the Netherlands, makes the extreme ultraviolet machines. And each one of those machines is in the tens of millions of dollars. There's only, I think, 400 of them on the planet. And companies like Taiwan Semiconductors and Samsung and Intel, they all rely on these machines to do it. And they're the only ones who do make these machines in the entire world. And I don't see semiconductor usage slowing down anytime soon. They're in everything from our remotes to our cars. And like cars nowadays are semiconductors on wheels. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. that is, that is my sleeper. They've only been paying a dividend for nine years, but they've raised it for the last two and they got plenty of runway to raise it anymore. So with a moat like that, I really don't think it's going anywhere. So, so for everybody listening while Dr. Dividend's talking here, I'm bookmarking ASML so I can yeah. look at it here this coming weekend. Now I like it. Uh, yeah. looks like they've had some massive earnings growth as well. I mean, yeah. just, just looking at the chart of their earnings, uh, interesting name here. I'm going to have to look, take a look at this one. Yeah, for sure. it, it doesn't get a lot of attention because it's not an American company, but mm -hmm. we all rely on it in the whole world. So that I added one share of them last night, but I'll be looking to see if it goes any lower. I'll add in. I like it. Yeah, so that's what I got. Last thing, we'll end on a fun note. What is one thing that the people of the Twitterverse or DivTwit wouldn't know about you? Yeah, so um, you know, there's that you could probably pick out several things, right? Because we just uh, they know me from Twitter and stuff. I don't really know too many of the guys off Twitter, but uh, you know, probably the one that would stand out the most is I actually work as a handicapper slash analyst in the sports industry. So uh, I do videos and sports, sports betting. Um, it's it's a fun job. It gets crazy when all the sports are overlapping. Um, I invest in sports betting market, uh, which is you know different than gambling. And I don't just pull a slot machine. You know, that's definitely yeah. not a a plus plus expected value type of thing to do. But uh, uh, I've been really successful long term. Uh, betting on sports and uh, it, it's it, again riding the ups and downs of it is not too much different than it is with investing in stocks you know so uh, when I'm looking at all the data of you know football teams and you know what uh, what kind of yards per play they get what the offense versus defense setup looks like uh, you know it's it's kind of like uh, it's a different version of me staring at a balance sheet right you know I'm just trying to figure figure out what all these different ratios mean so um, there's a lot more uh crossover than what the average person would think. So there's a few people in the industry where that I work in that know that I do dividends on the side as well. And a uh, couple, couple people know that I do this uh, as my main gig, but it's nice because, you know, uh, uh, I try to save up the, uh, the money that I make from it and uh, put that into investing. And uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a nice gig because I have flexibility, but you know, there's a lot of time in it, but uh, you know, uh, 
with a lot of things in life, you know, if you want to actually uh, invest and uh, have more freedom for the future, you do have to work pretty hard. So uh, I'm fine with working hard to try to get those future rewards. Yeah. And it's nice looking at sports. Like I'm a sports fan too. And you work your brain in a different way, looking at these ratios and statistics that go with sports, but I got to put you on the spot. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Oh man. Uh, I'm going to go with the bills. Uh, the Bengals are my team, but uh, I, I like they- that pick. The Bengals, man, they came up just short last year. I, yeah. I'm still, uh, I still get a little bit upset every time I think about how they lost that Super Bowl. Yeah, I think the Bills probably the team to beat here. Uh, the AFC is a stronger uh, side than the NFC, so Bills and Chiefs would be the top two, and uh, we get to see them play here coming up really soon. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, there, there's going to be some good matchups. I think the Bills uh, probably out for revenge after their uh, uh, the way that they lost in the playoffs there last year. I like it. I like it. So thank you so much, Hunter Dividends, coming on the first Dose of Dividends podcast. Anything you'd like to say before we go? Yeah, I mean, first, everybody listening, uh, Dr. Dividend here does a great job with all of his threads. I love reading thank those. Uh, man, I, I tell you what, I'm I'm a big fan of threads, but I don't think yeah. I'm as good at doing threads as you are. So I, I'm going to have to learn that. From, from Dr. Dividends. But um, uh, you can follow me at Hunt Dividends on Twitter. You can also go to my YouTube channel, which is the Hunter of Dividends YouTube channel. Uh, you'll notice that sometimes I post more videos than others. It's usually when I have more time to do it and when I have less time to do it. But uh, if you want to see some of my sports betting uh, information as well, free plays, uh, you can check out my Twitter over there at Kyle Hunter Picks as well. So uh, thanks a lot for having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for making it happen. Thank you guys all for listening. I hope to do this more often, but thank you. Keep your eyes out for more Dose of Dividends. Have a good one.